This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. What's up, guys? This is Amanda, and I am bringing you the first episode of the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast. I am so excited to start this podcast journey with you all, and I'm going to be reviewing movies, television shows. I am also a huge Disney fan, so I will also be talking about the Disney parks and just really anything that has to do with Disney. Also, I like to travel, so you know, if I go on a travel destination, I will be reviewing that as well. So a little about me, I hold a bachelor's degree in media studies, which is what I want to put forward towards this podcast. I also really like to discuss movies and anything in the entertainment world with other people. So I am always open to any suggestions um, when it comes to movies and what to watch, especially with COVID. We've been taking in a lot of media recently and I know I sure have just staying home. I've been working from home since March, so I've been really on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, you name it. I also have two really adorable rabbits that I love very much. Also, I just want to mention that you can find this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and those links will be provided in the description of this podcast. And hopefully after this first episode, I will get this launched on Apple Podcasts as well as a spot on Spotify. So I will definitely keep all of you posted. So without further ado, let's get into this movie review for the week, which will be Wonder Woman 2, 1984. So Wonder Woman 1984 was supposed to be released in theaters on June 5th, 2020, but due to COVID, it got pushed back and fans didn't really know when it would really come out. So finally, it was announced that on Christmas Day, it would launch on HBO Max and in select theaters. And regardless, I mean, with Christmas Day and COVID, it still grossed over $16 million in the box office sales. Wonder Woman 1984 stars Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Pedro Pascal, who we know as the Mandalorian. And let me just tell you, this was a, a different role for him, but we'll get to that later. Patty Jenkins wrote and directed Wonder Woman 1984. She also was part of the first Wonder Woman, of course. And right now she's actually working on Wonder Woman 3 with Gal Gadot, in which Warner Brothers has given it sort of a fast pass which they are just basically fast-tracking this film to complete the whole trilogy. And fans are wondering if it will take place in the present or the future, and if a familiar characters like heroes and villains that we just saw recently will return. Patty's also working with Paramount on a film called Cleopatra, starring her main girl, Gal, in which it was the latter's idea to create this film. So she pitched this idea to Patty, and already, this film has some controversy surrounding Gal's casting as the historical figure. So already, this movie already has some controversy surrounding it, which I feel like, I don't know, it it could impact this movie. I'm not sure. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Patty is also on tap for directing the upcoming Star Wars movie, Rogue Squadron. This seems to be at the same time as Wonder Woman 3, so... I'm wondering how the storyline and the effects in that movie will be when compared to her latest work in Wonder Woman. There are those that are big fans of her work and others who 
aren't big fans of her work. So ultimately, her success in 2017's Wonder Woman has led to open doors for this director after her failed attempt being hired by Marvel, which I didn't know that, so that's interesting. She was apparently supposed to be part of Thor, The Dark World, and she actually separated from that project due to creative differences between her and Marvel. So the moral of the story is getting what you want can result in consequences. We see it with Diana wishing Steve back. We see it with Barbara. And we also see it with Max getting what he wanted and resulting in a big worldly disaster. We can kind of understand the message of this movie right off the bat with Diana cheating in the Amazon Olympics. And that pretty much spelled out the moral of the story right on the nose. Diana took a shortcut to get what she wanted, much like how anyone who used the Wishing Stone did in this movie. And Diana finally comes to terms with this, with realizing what she did at the beginning of her life in the Olympics and having Steve back. And she makes others who wished on the Wishing Stone realize that this is impacting the world cheating. You can't cheat in life. It will result in these bad consequences. So Wonder Woman 1984 was met with very mixed reviews in the audience. For me, it was, it had its positives and it did have its negatives. Overall, I thought it could be better. It was very, very busy and left me really confused on some parts. And so I'll explain that, starting off with some of the positives that I found. First of all, Chris Pine. I just, I love him. His acting, his humorous quips in this movie, that really... The laughter and the jokes between him and Gal were pretty good. And speaking of Gal, her performance as Diana is just so incredible. She's just this caring, soft, gentle human. And when she needs to protect the people, she's right there. I also really liked the vibe between Diana and the children she saved, how she just kind of puts her finger to her lips to tell them, you know, don't don't tell anybody you didn't see this. But deep down, the children believe in her and they just see this heroic woman. And it's just it's great. Also, Pedro Pascal, which I mentioned in this intro, he's he's a villain in this movie. And oh, first of all, I want to mention that this movie review will contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie, just beware. (laughs) So anyway, Pedro Pascal, um, he's a villain. And it's really weird to see him in this role because we've been watching The Mandalorian since it came out. So going from that to this in his role, it was different, Um, but he was really good. I actually pretty much enjoyed it. He was very uncomfortable, which is, I thought it was really good. It worked well with the story. Also, another thing I really liked was how Diana was showing her vulnerable side to her friend, which we will talk about here in a second. She was just showing her how much she misses Steve and how missing him has really impacted her life and the choices she has made, which overall, a great lesson from this movie is getting what you want can result in consequences. And that really pertains to life right now, which I find. And one other thing I liked in this movie was Kristen Wiig's performance as Barbara, the new worker in the museum. She is just so funny and she's nerdy and she's kind of like what a lot of girls would see themselves as is just quiet reserve and, you know, not good enough. And she desperately tries to fit in, especially with Gal. She sees Gal as, or Diana as this, well, I don't know, maybe Kristen Wiig thinks of Gal as this in real life, but you know, she sees this really beautiful woman who's confident in herself, and she just really strides to be that. 
And it's basically it's foreshadowing in this whole entire film. And what I mean by foreshadowing is that this character really gives off a feeling of what she's going to do in the future of this movie and just her actions and her thoughts really contribute to what's going to be her overall character arc in this movie. So overall, I did find this film rather busy and kind of confusing to follow along, which I'm going to talk about now. So first off, I found this really tacky in a way. It really forced the 80s stereotypical look of the film. And it takes you out of the movie just seeing all the hairstyles, the heels. Like, I don't understand what, why we needed so many scenes pertaining to high heels. I'm a tall woman. I'm like 5'9", 5'10", and I can't wear heels. And I also felt like Diana's style didn't fit in with the 80s look. She really wore like pantsuits and just kind of like business attire throughout the whole film, which really didn't give me an 80s vibe personally, whereas Barbara had the oversized sweater on, the hair, so that fit in really well. But like I said, Diana basically stuck out like a sore thumb with her style. So the premise of this movie is basically about how Barbara and Diana come across a dreamstone at the museum that was brought into them from a crime scene that we see earlier in the movie. And this dreamstone was created by the god of treachery and mischief, which Diana later figures out that. And basically the stone is the center of the conflict in this movie. So Max, Barbara, and Diana, they all wish what they want on the stone and it is met with consequences in the end which diana ultimately sees and she tries to get max and barbara to see it as well so for me when right after this moment is when the movie just got really busy confusing and steve comes back because because that's what diana wished for was to have him back and one minute they're flying to Cairo, then the next they're back in DC. I mean, it was just, it, it happened so fast. All these sequences of travel and one person is here when another person is over there. And there was just a lot of action sequences that felt out of control. Like it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it didn't fit into the story. It was just, it took you out and it was just very confusing and hard to follow. And Like I said, one minute they're in Cairo and then the next scene, they're back in D.C. And then all of a sudden there's nuclear weapons being, you know, launched off and mass destruction. I mean, how did we even get to the White House? It just went way too fast. There was also, I felt, too many characters. Um, Ultimately, Barbara transforms into Cheetah because she wishes to be a strong, confident woman like Diana And she is seen taking out a bunch of men when they try to hit on her. And during the fight with Diana, Cheetah is just there. Like, she just starts to attack Diana. And for me, it felt very unnecessary. And maybe Cheetah could be used in Wonder Woman 3. They could have saved her for a different time. Maybe they could have cliffhangered it with Barbara. I don't know. It just, it really didn't work for me personally. And with Max, there was just a lot of drawn out action with him. Like I said, all of a sudden we find ourselves in the White House with him just taking over. And for me, I was like, how did he even, how did he even get there? And 
there's just not enough explanations for certain things. Like, how did Diana get to where she is now at the museum? Does she hold certain jobs every so often to avoid questions? Because she doesn't age, or she does age, but it's very, very slow. And what happened to the guy Steve took over, ultimately? So Steve takes over another guy's body, but we don't know what happened to this other guy. Is he stuck in some, like, imagination realm? Where did he go? (laughs) And also, I would just like more explanation of Diana and how she acquired the gold armor and what she had to do to acquire that gold armor. So that really doesn't make any sense to me, how she just appears out of nowhere with that on when she's facing Cheetah. Also, speaking of Cheetah as well, I know I keep going on and on about her, but what happened to her at the end? Where'd she go? So to me, I felt like that could have been the cliffhanger for Wonder Woman 3. Maybe she will return. And ultimately, me and my boyfriend, we felt that Cheetah and Barbara is an overplayed and ineffective trope. Character arc and motive is just too similar to characters like Poison Ivy, Electro, and Catwoman. So we felt like she definitely needed her own individual, just story, character, etc. So back to the action sequences. So when you are filming a film, especially with action and movement, you have to block the scene first. So basically you're learning your moves, your actions, all that fun stuff. And what I look at it as... I saw it very choppy, and I say that because it looks like there was just a lot of hard cuts in the frames with the blocking, and some of it just looks awkward when she's, like, punching or flies overhead. To me, it's just, some of it's just very, and I I don't like to compare these movies to the Marvel movies, but those actions are more fluid compared to the ones I've seen in the DC movies, like in Wonder Woman and Justice League. Now, this leads into the scene that I felt was very bizarre, was when she started to fly. I'm sorry, Diana started to fly. And it was just really awkward because there's no explanation to what. why is she flying all of a sudden? Where did she get this power from? And, I mean, it, it, Steve comes to her in a dream saying, Basically, flying is where you live, you learn your life, and I don't know. It was just, for me, it was awkward. And then the rope swinging between, like, planes and building tops really gave me a Spider-Man vibe. (laughs) So, really wish they would dive into that a little more. One other action sequence I was confused about, too, was ultimately when Diana electrocutes Cheetah in the water. It's like, where did that even come from? And what happened to Cheetah? Like I said earlier, like, where is she? (laughs) So there's just a lot of choppy, unexplained action in these sequences that makes it really hard to follow. There was also a lack of dialogue in this film. I just felt like some of the writing was lazy when it came to some of the dialogue, especially, oh my goodness, the end where Max just kept going, I wish you wish, all that, like, he just got in front of the camera and just kept saying, please say, I wish, tell me what you desire, over and over again, probably for a straight almost 15 minutes, and I'm like, really, you you couldn't write more for him to say other than that? And when you have such a great actor like Pedro Pascal, I mean, give him some more things to say. He can really deliver lines. I mean, look at The Mandalorian. (laughs) So... Yeah, that was just another 
moment of me scratching my head at this film. And after that flying sequence, she defeats everyone. Max comes to his senses and she actually has to give up Steve because her wish resulted in consequences like everyone else's wish. And when all is said and done, the movie wraps up, right? And there is a part where she's just watching everybody celebrate the victory, that the planet was saved, all that fun stuff. And a guy, the guy that Steve took over comes up to her and they immediately just share that look. And she knows, she knew it was Steve that had that man's body, but that man is digging Diana. And I just thought that was really cliche. I mean, I could be... That's just my opinion, but I thought that was just like, really? Come on. <laughs> um, so basically wrapping this up, movies of today have a high quality and a movie like this would have worked in the early 2000-2010 era. So basically after 2008, Dark Knight was made and that pretty much set the bar for action movies. And this one really... I felt like didn't live up to today's standard movie, especially when it comes to superhero movies. Oh, and watch the credits, because that was probably the best part of the whole movie. So just to wrap up this review, um, basically, I, I mean, I did enjoy some parts of this movie, um, but most of all, I was just really confused. And I actually had a little headache afterwards because it was just so busy. There was just so much going on with little explanation to things. And I, I am curious to see what Wonder Woman 3 will be like. And I know Patty has faced some criticism regarding this film, amongst other things that I'm really not going to touch upon in this podcast, maybe at a later time. So with that, I'm probably going to leave a more detailed review on my blog regarding this film. I do write reviews on my blog, which is now pretty much like a Saturday morning serial podcast blogs to support my my arguments and, you know, the negative aspects of this film, just to explain more. I also have reviews from The Mandalorian this past season, as well as just things that I've watched over quarantine written on this blog. So I'll leave that link in this description. Coming up next week, I will be reviewing and talking about the first episode of WandaVision which is something we have been super excited about. And I'm going to have my boyfriend, Mike Simic, on. And he's a big fan of Vision and Wanda. So we'll get his opinion on this as well. So with that, I really want to thank you for tuning in to this first episode of Saturday Morning Serial Podcast. I'm going to be trying to post weekly. And if, like I said, if you guys have any suggestions on new movies, new television content, whatever for me to check out and review, please let me know. I'm always open to requests. So when all is said and done, I leave you guys with this question. What did you think of Wonder Woman 1984? And are you excited for Patty Jenkins' return for Wonder Woman 3? Let me know. Anyway, I will talk to you guys next Saturday. Thanks and have a good week. Bye.